Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Can you give God a hand for that? Um, If you're a part of that, if you're one of the folks, over this past month, we've been doing a series called All In. It's been phenomenal. We had over like 600 people who literally came to the front of the church to say, I'm full on board. I'm all in. This is my church home. This is my family. I'm investing myself in what God is doing here. If you're one of those people that Christ united, you're all in, you're committed to this ministry, I want to ask you to stand right now. And everybody else, you can just remain seated. If you're a guest or somebody who's not a part of that, just all, all of you stand up. You say, I own that. That's a big part of who I am. Um, As you're standing up, look around you. That is awesome, man. That is absolutely awesome. Now, yeah, give God a hand for that. I want to say that while I look out at at, at all those who are standing, keep standing. If you're you're a a partner here, I want you to stand. Because the rest of you, please, you can just put your fingers in your ears and just go, ma, 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 ma. You know, just do something. This isn't to you. This is only to those who are standing as partners. Is ironically, during this six-week series on All In, um, do you know where our giving went over that period of time? We are $30,000 behind budget at the end of that six weeks. And it's like, you just go like, wow, how in the world did that happen? Um, And that's at a time when you know where that homeless ministry video came from. Over there where 100 people were fed this month and awesome stuff is happening is in a building we just built that we're paying like, $12,000 $12,000 plus a month just paying the interest. We got a, a $400,000, well, $390,000 payment that's coming up at the beginning of the summer. And we're all committed to doing something about it. But here's what happens. People think when you're a part of a church like this, you think, man, they must have loads of money. Because we're generous as a church, you think, man, y'all just have coffers full of money. Here's the truth. We're generous, extremely generous as a church, not because we've got a lot of extra money that we're throwing at things. It's because we're being obedient to God to do what he said he wanted his church to do. Agreed to that? That's the reason that we're generous. And so while all of you are standing, I just want to say this. Every one of us, every one of us, If you believe in God's work in this world and you believe in his church, not this church, but in his church as a whole, the place that you support that is in your local church. Giving a tenth of what you've got to what God is doing here, if we as partners step up and do that, I'll never have to talk to you about money again. Now, tomorrow night, we have um, our partner update. It happens every single month. It's the time when we get together, share praises, look at what God's doing, tell about where we are and where we're going and everything else. Usually about 50 people come. Every person standing here should be here tomorrow night. Everybody. It's 6 o'clock tomorrow night. If you're a partner, it's a partner's update. It's for every partner tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Come on. Let's be a part of it. Here's what I want to say. Being all in is about being all in, right? It's all in with all you got. So here's what I know is going to happen. I mean, I've been so excited about this address because I never talk about money this way. It's because of those of you who are seated. Because some of you who are seated are not yet followers of Christ. And the one thing the devil uses more than anything else is to say, well, all they want is money. 
So those of you who are seated, I'm just saying we don't want your money. I promise to God we don't. What we want is for you to receive a gift from God that will transform your life. That's what we want. And so I never talk about money in this way with our, our group as a whole. But our finance committee met, met this week and they said, you've got to say something because our partners aren't showing up. Our partners aren't even hearing where we are financially. You've got to say something. And I've been honestly kind of excited to say it because here's what I believe is going to happen. Guys, we're going to step up. We're going to do what God called us to do. And we're not going to be having shortfalls. We're going to be having abundance in terms of what God's doing. Agreed? Agreed? And we are not going to keep on paying interest on a loan. That's not a good place for God's money to go. Everybody agree? We're going to get this thinking building paid off, right? We're going to do that. Yeah, give a hand to God that we're going to get it paid off. We're going to get it paid off. And the reason we're going to do that, if you're seated, if you're a guest, especially if you're a person who's not a follower of Christ, the reason we feel like it's worth doing is because you're worth it. You're worth it. That's the reason we do it. So everybody who agrees, would you just give God a hand for what he's getting ready to do through you and through all of us? Everybody, if you would all stand, if everybody guessed and everybody would just please stand up. And would you turn around and kiss somebody on the mouth? No, I'm teasing. No, would you, would you just love somebody real quick? Do that. All right, if God's been good to you, give him what he deserves right now. Yes! He has been so good. Um, guys, we're, we're in what we call a standalone sermon right now. You've been reading along in, in Scripture, and this sermon right by itself can be a rocker for you. It's, it can make a huge difference in your life. It's called the dangerous pathway of entitlement. Let me try to help you to understand before we launch into this um, where this sermon is going. Um, and when I was in Bennettsville, there were these, uh, uh, these precious kids. That's in what's called the Corridor of Shame in South Carolina where, where some of the poorest folks that have some of the worst conditions possible um, in the education system and everything else. And so these little kids were coming to, to school um, without coats. Um, there were two little sisters uh, that were coming to school every day without coats, and they would be in short sleeves or very thin stuff, and it was cold, dead of winter, and, and they would just shiver. And so the, some teachers got together and said, we're going to go and, and get them some coats. So they went and just went to Walmart, got some twenty four ninety five coats. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, let's just get them some coats and brought them to them and just thought at least they'll be warm. Nothing, nothing spectacular. And these teachers told me about the process. Um, one of them in one class, one of them in another, um, each gave the coats to their individual, these little sisters. Um, 
And they said when we were on the playground, and these teachers both started crying when they said it. They said when we got onto the playground and those two sisters had their coats, said we saw them look at each other across the playground and go running across the field to each other. Said they met in the middle and started like petting each other's coats and hugging each other. Like it was the greatest thing they had ever received in their whole life. It was like they had this depth of gratitude and this, oh, God, thank you. And then you contrast that to the, you know, to the, right up the street at the middle school when a 16-year-old gets out and our, our 13-year-old gets out and slams her mama's minivan door shut. And she's furious because the faux fur lining on her, you know, Cody Peacoat from, uh, from Abercrombie and Fitch, or not Cody Peacoat, but her Cody, or, or Cody Parka, but... but I can't, I don't wear them, so I don't know, but, but anyway, it's fancy, but it's, but her Abercrombie and Fitch is definitely last year's style, and she will never forgive her mama for embarrassing her by making her wear it and not, not getting the puffy coat that she wanted from, from Forever 21, you know, because, because here's the thing. Um, we have that tendency, right? That tendency to, to sometimes have a, an attitude and a spirit toward what's given us. And that attitude and that spirit toward what's given us radically impacts our lives, our relationships, especially our relationship with God. I just want to ask you, how is it that you receive what God has given you? What is your attitude toward what God is giving you? Well, there's a pathway that we call the pathway of entitlement. That's a very dangerous pathway. And if you get on this pathway, it can take you to places that, that really lead to a life. Really, it's a miserable life, and it's a life that, that takes you into dangerous places. But it all begins... Um, in, a, in, in what would be considered a pretty good place. Now, now here's the thing. We're going to be using a lot of Scripture uh, today, um, so much so, in fact, it's going to motivate you to be doing this. How many people have been reading your Bible regularly now, right? Awesome. Look at that. That's fantastic. Because every day, go on our devotion page, and you've got a link in to start reading the Bible every day and doing SOAP, where you're journaling our Scripture observation, application, and prayer. It's all simple. Just get on and start doing it, because you're going to learn so much. Two weeks ago, we did... Um, a, a teaching in which we used about a hundred verses of scripture out of two passages and we learned so much from that last week we took three verses of scripture and we drilled down on every word of those three verses of scripture and you learned so much today we're going to be talking about something that spans four books of the bible all right? And so if you've been reading, you're going to be so glad you did through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and you're in the book of Numbers now and you're going to be so glad you did because all of it's going to be familiar to you. But in this process of what you've been reading, we've been reading about a group of people, actually, from the descendants of one man. God created a great nation, the nation of Israel, that still, obviously, is, is in existence today. And, and the nation of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt for about 400 years. They were under terrible slavery. They were praying to God for deliverance, and he brought it. And as they were being delivered, their backs were up against the Red Sea. They thought they were going to be slaughtered by uh, Pharaoh's army that was pursuing them to kill them. But God instead opened up the Red Sea. They walked across on dry land, closed in the sea over the top of those armies, and they were delivered. And for a moment, they had this exhilaration. They received this gift of God, his deliverance, his goodness, his grace toward them. They received it with gratitude. So receiving it with gratitude is like the first step in the process. Generally, for just a moment at least, you've got that grateful spirit. 
In fact, Moses and the people of Israel sang a song in which they said, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He's become my salvation. And they went on to sing about all kinds of stuff. He is my God and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. And they sang about how he had thrown the, the, the Pharaoh's armies into the sea and, and rescued them. And they were all excited about it. Now, how many people know that when you first receive something from God, you first receive an answer to prayer for, for healing, or you first receive um, you know, a provision for a bill that needs to be paid, or you first receive whatever it is that God gives to you, there's a lot of gratitude that floods in early on, and, and you, you usually receive it with gratitude initially in the process. Well, it didn't take long, though, before they began to complain because they were getting thirsty and there wasn't anything to drink and they were getting hungry and there wasn't anything to eat. And God began to move in that process. And as he was moving, he said, okay, by the time you get to Exodus, this is in Exodus chapter 16 that you'll read about this. It says that, that the people were grumbling about the fact they didn't have food and God said, I'm going to feed them. He fed them quail and he said, I'm going to feed them bread from heaven. He said, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven on them. And sure enough, when they got up in the morning, when the dew had fallen, there was this stuff on the ground like flakes. And, and these little flakes that looked like dew on the ground, it turned out that it was bread, the bread that God was feeding to them. And that bread from heaven came down, and it was like, it was like coriander seed. Uh, it was like wafers baked with honey. Uh, it had this, it was good, you know what I'm saying? It was good tasting stuff. And they would, they would grind it with a, a mortar or, or they would grind it in a hand mill and, and then they would, they would cook it in pots or they would bake it into loaves and, and it was good stuff. And just imagine initially how good it felt to them to be hungry and to eat. I remember being on a camping trip one time. There was no food except for bread and water. And when I finally got to that bread and that water early in the morning and we found the loaf of bread and we had the jug of water, man, it was like it was the best tasting meal I've ever had. I've never eaten anything that tasted as good as that when I was hungry and I got hold of bread and water, right? It was like so good. Well, initially they're like thankful, you know, God, thank you so much you've given this. In fact, do you know that God told them, I want you to take some of this. This was such a miraculous provision that God made for these people that he gave them this bread from heaven. And you're talking about a lot of people, around 2 million or more people are there and God's feeding every single one of them. And as he's providing this for him, what, what, what the people of Israel were told to do, and Aaron, who was the priest of those people, Moses' brother, actually took some of that manna, and he put it with the two tablets of the covenant of the law. And if you don't know where that is, that, you ever heard of the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant. So you got the tablets of the law that are in there and Aaron's staff that had budded. And you got this, this container full of manna. Don't ever forget it. This is such an amazing thing what God has done. So that initial time of just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. It is so good. How many people know how that feels? Can you think about how it feels to just be so grateful for what God is providing for you? So first of all, physically, how many people have been like, like gone for several days or weeks without electricity? And when the electricity comes on, you're going like, dude, I can cut on the, you know what I mean? It's like, I can actually got a light, you know what I'm saying? Or I can cut on the stove. Or it's just amazing when you realize what a beautiful gift that electricity is. 
Or if you've ever been just like really, really cold and you, and you get the privilege of finally getting to a place that's warm or a warm shower and you're like, oh, God, this is just amazing. The gift and the celebration for the physical things. How many people remember your first car, right? Your first car and it's like, oh, this is so cool. You know, it's like a Chevette with 170,000 miles on it, but it's like, it's mine, you know? And, and you're just so excited about it and it feels so good. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? And so you've got the things for which you feel this initial gratitude. And how about people? Imagine how you feel about people. Anybody remember, if you're married right now, the first time you got to hold your spouse's hand? And it was like, oh, she touched me. You know what I'm saying? You know, it just felt so good, and it just moved through your heart. Or when you first started that job, and you first met those people, or when you first started to your church, and the first time you walked in here, and you heard this praise team leading in worship, and you're like, oh. Oh, God, this is just so beautiful. And you have this deep gratitude for it, right? And you have this deep gratitude for the people that are in your life. And, and, and you have gratitude toward God. How many people can remember when your sins were first, the first time when you thought you were absolutely unlovable, you could never be forgiven for what you had done, and then Jesus came and brought you this grace and this forgiveness, and you woke up feeling like, I am loved and I am forgiven. You just felt like you could... You can fall on your face, right? And just go, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't believe I'm waking up today and I'm not feeling riddled with guilt. It's gone. Huge, right? Everybody knows that feeling, but then there's a the next step in the process. And after that, that piece of where we receive it with gratitude, then we go into taking it for granted. You receive it with gratitude, but then as it comes, you begin to take it for granted. It's interesting, but what happened with these folks was that God fed them manna for 40 years. I want you to think about that. For 40 years, every single day. Now, those of you who have ever read on the Internet about it, it's interesting, but, but they say, this, I think it's pretty accurate to say that at least a mile and a half long train full of boxcars, if a, if a train with a mile and a half length of boxcars behind it, all filled with manna, were to roll into that camp every day, that's how much it would take to feed those people. Now, conservatively, very conservatively, a mile-long train every day rolling into camp. That's how much God fed them, but he fed it every single day. Every day they're eating. Every day, as, soon, as sure as the dew fell, the food was there, and they were being fed every single day. What happens with that? What happens when you get something over and over and over again, and every time it's right there? Well, here's what happens is you begin to take it for granted, right? How many people know how it is to begin to take for granted the things in your life that God gives you? Like, for instance, food. Being in places like Rwanda and Uganda and going to places where there are, 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 are regions where we would travel where food is not readily available. And then you see how grateful people are for just like a bowl of rice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, oh, it's just amazing because there's this deep gratitude for what God has given. Let me ask you this. How many people know that when God gives you food every single day that you begin to take that food for granted, Right? How many people thought about it when you got up this morning and you ate something or you're looking forward to lunch, just thought about like, oh, God, I get to eat. I get to eat. There's food for me. We don't, do we? It's like, no, it's just there. I expect it. It should be there for me. 
And, then, and we, in first world living, we take lots of things for granted. We take things like hot showers for granted. You know what I'm saying? We take air conditioning for granted. We take heat for granted. We take, we take cars for granted. You know, you go to other parts of the world where if you have a bicycle, you are blessed, you know? But we take cars for granted, and, and all those things are just things that we expect. We kind of expect they should be there for us. Everybody know what I'm talking about, right? So who here might have moved into taking for granted the things that God has given you? And as you take those things for granted, somebody used to say, what do I need to be thankful for? I said, take a Mr. Potato Head and take everything off of it, and you know what you should be thankful for. I should be thankful for my eyes and my ears and my mouth. and my, I should be able to thank God. You know what I'm saying? I need to thank God that I can smell my brother's stinky feet because, right? I need to thank God for everything that he's given me because if it was gone, but we take it for granted. Now, now here's the thing. We don't just take stuff for granted. We begin to take people for granted. How many people who have been married over 10 years woke up this morning and just thought to yourself, overwhelmed with the thought that, God, thank you, thank you, thank you that you gave me this person to be with? You know, how, how often, like your friends and your coworkers and other people, you just begin to take them for granted. They're just, they're just there, and they're always going to be there. Your church family, your brothers and sisters within family, you take them for granted. But worst of all, what happens? We take God for granted, and we take his grace for granted. How many people, I want you to think about this, it's, just, it's almost unthinkable, but how many people here have begun to take God's forgiveness for granted? It's, just, it's almost like it's owed to me. Every day I expect I will be forgiven right? So I just kind of, well, I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'm going to say, yeah, God, sorry about that one. Yeah, you got it. I'm forgiven because I take it for granted. How many people have even taken the very relationship that God has blessed you to have with him for granted? You don't even access it. It's too much for you to get up 30 minutes early to spend time with him. Because you take for granted the idea that he would actually be willing to spend time with you. All right, now, let's just, anybody there? All right, so here we go. If you know that you've moved from receiving it with gratitude to taking it for granted, what's the next step in the process? It's rejecting it with, with grumbling. Rejecting it with grumbling. Now, I just want you to get this picture of what happens with these people. Tune in because these people have now received manna every single day. At this point, it's about 11 months in. So for 11 months, every single day, they have been receiving this beautiful gift of God's provision from heaven. This manna is coming to them every day for 11 months. So what would you think? At the end of 11 months, they're going like, boy, this is even better than before. You know, I'm, I'm even more excited, more thankful now than ever before because it's just continued for 11 months. Here's what they said. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost and also cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. How about that? And, and you and I maybe look back and say, how, how could they? I mean, I just want you to think, what would it be like, you know? What are you having, baby? Well, man, it's going to be banana pancakes today and banana bread tomorrow. And, you know, and like boiled shrimp, fried shrimp. You know, you just got the same 
the same thing just over and over and over again. I just got all this manna. And so they're sick of it and they're tired of it and they're rejecting it with grumbling because I'm no longer satisfied with what's been given to me through the process. Hold on. How many people here would have to say, God, have I complained about my car? Right? Like, Dag, this thing, gas mileage is so bad or it's broken down on me again or it's not working the way it's supposed to and I'm complaining because this car isn't good enough for me. How many people have ever been in a place where you're honestly, you're like, this is just awful. Here I am at Outback and they bring me, you know what I'm saying? They bring me and it's cooked too much, you know? It's like, right, my steak is overcooked. I feel slighted correct? I mean, I just want you to think about that process of I begin the things that God blesses me with, I begin to grumble about it. I take it for granted to the point if it's not there and I have a first world problem, like I get up and my water heater is messed up and I can't take a hot shower, I'm going to grumble about that, right? But eventually I'm going to be in a place where it's going to be like, this house is just too small. This car is just too old. This food, dag, I'm so tired of eating ramen noodles. I'm a college student. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is that you're doing, and you begin to grumble about that. Now, here's the thing is that, guys, when when it comes to those attitudes and you're taking for granted stuff, what's far worse is when we begin to take people for granted and we begin to grumble against them. You get to the point where it's like, now all I can do is just complain to God about my spouse and about how they are. Complain about my children and how the children are. How many teenagers are complaining about your parents and you're just like, dang, I just get so tired of it. Is it all the time? They all got all these expectations of me and they got all these rules and all this stuff and I begin to complain about my parents and, and I start grumbling about the very things for which I ought to have extreme gratitude and the very people. How many people have felt the same way about your job or your school? You complain about your teachers. You, you, don't, you forget the fact that people throughout the world don't have the privilege of having a teacher in their life, but, but I'm complaining about my teachers, and I'm complaining about the work I have to do, and I'm grumbling about the very people and the very things that God has blessed me with. Everybody get the picture, right? And so who's there? Anybody besides me? It's like, man, I found myself actually, I'm actually rejecting with grumbling the very things that I should have and once maybe receive with great gratitude. Um, worst of all is what we do with God. Is eventually we feel like God has shortchanged us. It is actually teeth-dropping amazing that people in the United States could do this, but we do. I do. I'm going to complain to God about how hard I've got it. I'm going to complain to Him about the financial stress that I'm experiencing or complain to him about the problems that I'm facing. And, and instead of going like, God, you're just so awesome and I'm so blessed that I would have the privilege of you. And how many people are at this place? You actually reject his, listen, you reject his grace with grumbling because you're at a place where in your heart you feel entitled to it. You're almost complaining against the very God who saved you from all sin and from death. And so, so here we go. Just got a thought for you, and that's this. That right now, in this room, there are people who have been on this dangerous path called the pathway to entitlement. 
that you have gone from receiving it, whatever it is, with gratitude to taking it for granted, to rejecting it with grumbling, and it leads you to a place where you may lose it for good. What God did was say this. He just said, look, I just want you to know that these people complaining against me and they're wanting food and all this kind of stuff, they want some meat, I'll give them meat. He told Moses, he said, I want you to tell them, get them ready. Now, number one, for if you're a leader, if you're a leader of a family, a mother or a father leading a family, if you're leading a business, if you're leading a church, if you're leading a life group, if you're leading, when people begin to grumble, it's a heavy load. Matter of fact, as you read in Numbers chapter 11, you're going to see that Moses had to have extra help just dealing with all the complaining, right? But in the midst of all that complaining, God said to Moses, he said, just tell the people they'll eat meat. He said, they won't eat it for one day or two days or five days or 20 days. They'll eat it for a whole month until it comes out of their nostrils and they loathe it. And then it says this, that while the meat was still between it. Now, he sent so much meat that y'all, in terms of train cars, it would take about 300 miles worth of train cars to bring in all the quail that he blew into that camp. He loaded them over with it. And as the meat was still between their teeth, it says this, And before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. And they went on and buried the dead of those who died in the process. Those folks lost their life in the process. But for us, just what happens when I lose the very things I've stopped being grateful for, like my health or my loved ones? What happens when you are in a place where God, what happens if I lose? Do you know people will lose relationships because you started grumbling against what God has blessed you with? Marriages are lost all the time because instead of appreciation and thanksgiving and gratitude that I've begun to take them for granted and then move from taking them for granted to grumbling against them. What happens if you lose those relationships with your children or your parents or your brothers or your sisters or, or you lose that opportunity in your job? You, how about if you lose your church family? And God's just saying, look, you got to recognize, you got to recognize that one day you may lose it all. You need to be extremely grateful for what I've given you. Now, I want to say that this, this, this piece of, of, of grumbling and complaining, if you're going through severe suffering, God understands you coming to him and saying, God, God, why is this happening? What's going on with me? The Psalms are filled with that, and that's okay. But what he has no patience with is people who take him for granted and look at him with contempt when he's been so enormously good to us. Now, guys, we're, 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 at, the, we're at the climax of this, and you're going to be invited to an invitation right now in just a minute. This is so important. If you're at a place where you are on the pathway, this pathway of entitlement, you don't have to be all the way to grumbling before you're in danger. Tune into this. You don't have to be all the way to grumbling before you're in danger. You're in danger when you take it for granted. This pathway goes from gratitude to taking it for granted. It's the taking it for granted that begins to turn our lives in a wrong direction. When I take the things he's given me for granted, the people he's given me for granted, his grace for granted, his goodness for granted, his, his love toward me for granted, everybody get that picture? When I begin to take it for granted, that's when I'm on the, the downhill slippery slope that's going to take me into grumbling and complaining and ultimately losing it. Here's what I'm going to invite you to. I'm going to invite you to a, radical, a party of thanksgiving. 
I'm going to invite you to run to this altar. If there's anything in your life right now for which you are deeply grateful to God, I hope you have to fight over a place at this altar to come down and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please don't take this from me. God, please give me a grateful heart. And, and we've got enough with just the food we will eat this afternoon to come down here and fall on our face before him with deep gratitude and thank him. I received a note from a lady in our church who just went through a procedure. She went in for a procedure, and after they did the procedure, something happened in her back, and her pain is so excruciating. She said, I've had two children, and she said, this is like having a child times 10. I've never had this kind of pain in my life. She said, I could not do anything but cry. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get comfort. I couldn't move. Had to call an ambulance just to be able to get her out of the bathroom just to get her out of the bathroom and get her to a place. And she's laying in a hospital bed, and I'm visiting her. And yesterday, my wife and I were in there with her, and we were praying over her. And before I prayed for her, I said, you know, I don't know if you want me praying for you because I've been praying for you for a week, and it's just been getting worse. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, like, I don't know if I'm the right guy, you know? She sent a message back today, and that message from her today said, I want you to know that in answer to prayer, God sent Debbie Causey to come and encourage people to come and help me. He sent a bed into my room so that my sweet daughter-in-law could sleep with me last night. He gave me the chance to be right next door to this man who's cussing out the nurses every single day, and I've been having the chance to pray for him and just pray for God to move in his life. She said, God's been working, and there's so much to be thankful for. Please don't stop praying. Anybody besides me want a heart like that? Anybody besides me think that if I would return to gratitude, deep gratitude for everything he's given me, and I could leave this place today thanking him with all my heart for all the things I've been taking for granted, my life would take an uphill turn pretty quick, right? I'd leave here with a whole different spirit. I pray to God that we all leave here with that attitude of gratitude. We invite you to stand and let's come and get our attitudes right before God. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message, or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at Christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Christ United MB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.